ready this morning? Are you sure now? Let me warn all the new people. You have to give it some time now. This is not usual church. This is real church. What America is used to is religious church. Even in the name of freedom, it's actually religious, which I'll get to in just a minute. Because we're going to talk about that stronghold this morning. But you just, listen, it's, this is what we call the Bible. The Bible is vacuous in most churches. Not in the ones that I follow, but in most churches. So what you're going to hear this morning is the word of God. Well, I don't like the tone. Listen, stop being the tone police. That's not up to you. Just receive the word this morning. Now, I do wanna, I wanna do something here because there's some special people in here that I do wanna recognize this morning. You're like, Tom, you never do that. I know. These are just very special people. Well, Tom, I'm special. I know, you're special. I get it. But these are people that are in leadership in my life and people that bless this ministry and I wanna recognize them this morning. Paul Adato, if you'd stand up. CTN, Christian Television Network. Based out of Fort Myers, he's crazy enough to allow me on his channel. There aren't too many people that would allow that. Believe me, I would not qualify with other Christian Television Networks. They wouldn't allow me to be on there. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Thank you, Paul. But he lets me on. I appreciate it greatly. He runs CTN Fort Myers. He runs the whole station. Big deal down there. Does a lot of things for the kingdom of God. Done a lot of things for us, for my ministry. And I'm just very thankful for that. He's always trying to get us on more time and more time and more time. I appreciate that. Considering how controversial... <laughs> I tend to be. Some other people that are very, very important to me in my life, in leadership in my life, who I consider to be leaders. My, my pastors, my leadership that's, that's here this morning. I don't see Abel. Was he, has he been back? Okay, well, it's just gonna be you, Magalas. Mag Magalas, would you stand up? Griffiths, love him. Really appreciate him. Everybody knows. That's, by the way, when you see Jonathan, the one who's running the show is Magalis. That's who runs the show. That's who orchestrates the ministry. So when you see uh, Jonathan and Adalis behind the scenes is Magalis holding the whole thing up and her hus husband, Abel, who I love. Uh, he's, he's obviously probably taking care of the kids somewhere. Anybody, yeah, hey, Abel. Stand up, Abel. Nobody can see you, but stand up anyway. He's behind the black, the black glass back there. Love you. Appreciate it. Appreciate them very much. These are wonderful, wonderful people in my life, and I just really do appreciate them. And there's just people that come around that are just blessings. Make sure that's what you are. Make sure that you're a blessing. Not a hindrance. Not, not somebody when they walk through the door, they go, oh, man. I'm not saying I've never been that, but make sure that you're not. Amen? <laughs> Preaching, continuing on this morning, how you see things is vitally important. 
We are talking about perception. How you see things is vitally important. Let's go over these verses. John chapter 12, 37 through 41. Who has believed our report? Who has believed our report? But although he had done so many signs before them, they did not believe in him. That the word of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled which he spoke. Lord, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe because Isaiah said again, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts lest they should see with their eyes, lest they should understand with their hearts in turn so that I should heal them. These things, these things Isaiah said when he saw his glory and spoke of them. Now listen to this this morning, skipping down or skipping ahead to the next two, well, a couple books behind. Mark chapter seven, verse 13. Making the word of God of no effect through their tradition, which you have handed down, and many such things you do. They were actually blinded by religion. They could not see the fulfillment of the book that they had memorized. They did not have perception. They did not have revelation. They couldn't see it. They actually could not see it. Listen to this. I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to whom, it, he, but to whom, but to who, oh gosh, but to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Ro Romans chapter 14, verse 14. Colossians chapter two, verse 16. Let no one judge you in food or drink or regarding a festival or new moons or Sabbath. See, those people were actually blinded by religion, making the word of God of no effect. They were blinded by religion. John chapter one, verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now I wanna talk about religion this morning, just in this part of the message. I wanna talk about religion. Belief in special days, or you know what, no, I don't, the, the interesting thing about talking uh, when, it comes, when it comes to religion is what, is what is religion? To define it in and of itself, what is it? Whether it's believing in special days, whether it's believing in special people, whatever it may be, what exactly is religion? Some people believe in special days and then you have people that don't and then you actually have, here's, here's the interesting thing about it. You have to make a decision in your life. Do I want to see? Do I want to see? Do I want to see the truth about myself? Or would I rather have a special day? Do I want to see the truth about my ministry? Do I want to see the truth about my marriage? How many of you want to see the truth about your marriage? Turn and ask the person. It's easy to do it here because they probably won't say anything.
I want to see the truth about myself. I want to see the truth about my ministry. I want, to, I want to see the truth about my marriage. I want to see the truth about my finances. How many people don't tithe in here? Raise your hand. Don't worry, if you're not tithing, he just won't rebuke the devourer for your sake. I kind of want the, I want the devourer rebuked for my sake. The truth about my ministry, the truth about my marriage, the truth about my finances, the truth about my parenting. Who wants to see it? I want to see it. The truth about my parenting, my finances, my marriage, my ministry, myself. What is the truth about myself? Do you want to see it? I want to see the truth about my mouth. Question is, do you want to see those things? You're gonna, have, you're gonna have to choose, do I wanna see it, do I not? Do I wanna see the truth about success and failure? Am I succeeding or am I failing? Most people have convinced themselves they're succeeding when they're actually failing. Even if you have lots of money, it doesn't mean that you're actually succeeding. And listen, I want money, I like money, I like that I live at a higher standard than my parents did. I like that. Nothing wrong with liking money. Problem is, is when you love money. The love of money is the root of all evil, not money itself. I want to know the truth about success. I want to know the truth about failure. Have I failed or have I succeeded in this area? A lot of people will avoid that to spare their own feelings. Have I succeeded? Have I failed? If your kids are a mess, that means that you failed. The only way to fix it is repentance. So you might as well know the truth. If you, if you, listen, if you want to know if your kids are good or not, go back into the nursery today. Go to the nursery workers and pull your child up. Hold them right in front of the nursery worker and say, blessing or curse? Then you will know. Do you want to know? Well, that, that got a lot quieter right there. Everybody laughed. Everybody had a good time when it was about somebody else. But ask, do I want to know? I want to know the truth about these things. You have to make a decision in your life. Do I want to see? Do I want to see? Or would I rather live in a grand delusion? About any, now listen, you're like, well, my whole life is not a grand illusion. I agree. But what about specific areas of your life? What about problematic areas? Do you want to see? Do you want to see whether you're a jerk or not? How many of you are married in here? Shout amen. amen. Person sitting next to you knows. See how quiet it is? I can kill a room off in two seconds under any anointing. 
You should see the faces. You don't think I'm looking at you because I can't really see the first four rows because the stage is about two feet too high when they built it. But I can see everybody else and I'm watching you. You should see the facial expressions that I'm seeing. People are locked in next to their spouse right now like this. They don't want to know. Honey, am I a jerk or am I not? Ask them right now. Just turn to them. Do you want to know the truth about these things? Do you want to know the truth about the world? Most churches this morning, now you know my favorite churches. You, you know who they are. Revival Today and the River Church. Pittsburgh and Tampa. Those are my, they're preaching it. But there are very few others that preach it. Do you want to know the truth about the world? Whether, what, whatever it may be, I could, I could spend the rest of this message on, it's 11.07, I could be here for another hour talking exclusively about the world. But do you wanna see what CBDC means? Because it was just unfolded on July 11th. Central bank digital currency. That should rivet your soul. Not scare you. Rivet it, rivet it to the word of God. Saying, now what am I going to do? He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. And that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding, let him who has understanding, contemplate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. It's not going to be a 666, just so everybody knows. That's the number of a man. It's not going to be a six. Stop looking for it. It's going to be like a QR code. The number of a man. So stop looking for that. But what do we, now what do we do? Play ominous music, turn the lights down and everybody gets scared? No, you're, you have the power of the Holy Ghost. Nothing for you to be scared about. Nothing. We will prosper. We'll have a great time until we go. We will win until we go. But you need to be standing up to it. You want to have an end times harvest. I don't know how many years it's going to be. No one knows about that day or hour. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. Matthew 24, 36. I don't know exactly about it, but I do know the signs of the times. Do you want to know the truth about these things? I do. I want to know the truth about these things. CBDC, uh, the transgender agenda. Try saying that fast. All of these things are tactics to usher us into a new world order, a one world government under the Antichrist. And what's the church supposed to do? Never talk about it? You got to talk about it so you can stand. Nobody talks about it outside of the churches that are already named and a few select others. How are you going to stand up against it if you don't know that it exists? That's why the world was just, it, was, it wasn't, I mean, I take that back. Yes, the world, but I expect that of the world. But that's why the world, it was just so easy to convince the world to put masks on, to inject themselves five times. And they're, they're, by the way, the injection levels, they're getting to be where it's gonna be like 150 injections for a person. It's all about control. Of course the world does it, but why does the church do it? Because nobody preaches the gospel. 
How then can they call upon the one they have not heard? I mean, how, how in the world are they getting out of Romans chapter 10, verse 14? How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news? How can you stand up against something you don't know is your opposition? That's why we talk about it here. And it's all part of the same hoax. If you watch the podcast, it's all part of one agenda with many tactics. Transgender is a tactic. Climate is a tactic. Vaccines are a tactic. COVID is a tactic. Gun grabbing is a tactic. Well, we don't, Tom, we don't talk about politics in this. It's not politics. It's the book of Revelation, chapter 13 and 14, unfolding right before your very eyes. I'm not here, I'm not here pushing Republicans or Democrats. I'm not here pushing Republicans or demon rats. I wouldn't do that. I would never do something like that. Well, I'm a Democrat, I'm never coming back. Well, you know what? You need to repent. You can't slot, listen, you can't, you cannot support the transgender homosexual marriage agenda slaughtering the unborn and call yourself a believer. I'm sorry, you can't. You can't. You can't do it. You're welcome. You're like, this guy will say anything. That's right. See, I have nothing to lose. I'm, I'm very different than most pastors. Most pastors need you. I'm fine alone. I'm a solitary person. I spend all day, every day with my dog. Waiting for Hope to bring me lunch. That's my whole day. I study the Bible. I prepare podcasts. I've, I've never missed a day of prayer, ever. But people, eh, well. I love you. That's the greatest love relationship you can ever have is somebody who doesn't need you. But somebody who actually wants you. I want you, I do. I love, listen, I love, look, I mean, I, I love this church. This church three years ago was 150 people. I, I love it, I love pastoring this church but I don't need to. So that way everything's unfettered. Because I won't stay awake and I go, oh man, Sister Susie, I'm so sad she left. I don't even know. So if you like the slaughter of the unborn, you need to repent. Stop being a Democrat. You're welcome. Where the heck was I in this whole message? <laughs> you have to make a decision in your life. Do I want to see? Perception is everything. And most people, listen, right now, I told you last week, I am strong-held. So are you. Everybody has strongholds in their life that need to come down. 
That doesn't mean, though, for the rest of our lives that we say, well, I'm strong held. They have to be actively taken down. Now, this is a message about faith, but we have drifted into strongholds. So the question is, do you want to see? Because unless your life is flowing with soul winning, money, you're like, Tom, you're not supposed to be. That's not true. Do you, do you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? That though, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. Who told you to live a life of poverty? That that was an attribute. That's actually a detriment. It is not an attribute. If you don't want all the money, then give it away. The Christians out there always, you know what I care about is feeding the poor. You're too poor to feed the poor. So your whole life, you sit there and you talk about the attribute of feeding the poor. While you never do it, but the rich Christians do, the rich Christians that you stand against, you call carnal. You're welcome. Sorry to tear down your religious walls this morning. The walls are coming down. Just tear them down. If it's garbage, then just let it go. The question is, do we want to see? Perception is everything. I am fine with knowing I have strongholds. I am not fine with leaving them up. But the first step is knowing that you're strong held. Does the fruit in your life say that you are or are not? If there is not a whole bunch of soul winning and a whole bunch of miracles happening, you're strong held because you have the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you that is not manifesting. I'm like, why in the world did I walk into this building? I know a lot of people think that. But this is exactly what you need. Are you going to live, are you gonna live a life of denial? Not the good denial, the bad denial, where you're claiming things that are happening when they're not. I'm, listen, I just say it out loud. Things aren't happening. Things stink. I don't live in denial. Now I will call out, when, listen, when it comes to the word of God, I proclaim the word of God over things that stink. But I don't live in denial. It's all a question of, do you want to see? Do I want to see? You want to see your parenting, your finances, your marriage, your ministry. Tom, I'm not a, I'm not a full-time minister. Everybody has a ministry. Every last person in this room should be winning the lost, giving sight to the blind, being a financial provider, an encourager, whatever it may be. You know, one of, a ministry gift is contributing. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Romans 12, 6, 7, and 8, right? Some of you, some of you you're poor, but you're a contributor. You're supposed to be rich. Well, this is a guy after an offering. I don't take an offering. (laughs) 
you will have to make a decision in your life. Do I want to see? Or am I gonna live in denial? My husband tells me a jerk, but I don't believe that. He's right. See how quiet it got right there? My wife, my, here, I'll switch, it, I'll switch it up. Maybe I'll get the ladies on my side. My wife tells me I'm a jerk, my wife tells me I'm a jerk, but I don't believe it. It's slightly better. Everybody's afraid of fighting on the way home. Just go to your wife and ask her. Either become a master of apology, like me, as I cause most of the problems in my own home, or find out. I already know it's me. What stinks? Oh, it's me. <laughs> if it's you, it's you. You already know it's you. Ask them. Go to your, go to your spouse and ask them. Am I the problem in this house? Quiet in here. That's one of my ministry gifts. I can't find it in the Bible yet, but I've decided to live in deception and call it a ministry gift. Stronghold? Stronghold I'm embracing? I'm strongly holding a stronghold? Or are you going to choose Matthew 13, 13? Seeing they do not hear, seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Matthew 13, 14. Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. That's choosing. You're saying, I don't want to know. That's why nobody gets saved around you. Nobody gets healed around you. Because you're a damn to the Holy Ghost. He can't get past your own carnality. You're like, what kind of church did I walk into? I was here to be encouraged. I am encouraging you. What do you want me to do, lie to you? Now you know what's coming. I said perception is everything. Will you live in denial or will you live in illumination? Okay, on that side, they want illumination. This side looks like a funeral. Do you want denial or illumination? When I'm checking out my body, I want denial. I want, a, I want a dimly lit room. Oh, hey, I look better. I think I've lost a few pounds. And I turn the light on. Whoa. <laughs> if you're going to be a Christian, you had better choose illumination. That's all God is. He is the blank of the world. The light of the world. Everyone practicing evil hates the light. Does not come to the light lest their deeds be exposed. John chapter 3, verse 20. You have to be an open book before God. You're already open anyway. You're already buck naked. You're not only buck naked physically, you're buck, buck naked mentally, emotionally, and spiritually right before the Lord. Buck naked. That's not the name of a porn star, Seinfeld. You're welcome. I like to quote Seinfeld whenever possible. So you know what's coming here. Verses I use all the time, Matthew chapter 6, 22 and 23. 
The lamp of the body is the eye. Now, everybody thinks this is about guarding your heart. It isn't. The lamp of the body is your eye. It's not about guarding your heart. That's Proverbs 4.23. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. This is not about guarding your heart. This is about how you see life. This is, and when I say life, I mean everything, mentally, sp spiritually, emotionally, physically, everything. This is how you see things. This is not about guarding your heart. Matthew 6, 22 and 23. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. Now let me translate that for you. The lamp of the body is your perception. If therefore your perception, how you see things is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Let me translate that. But if your perception, how you see things is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore your perception is bad, if therefore the light that is in you is darkness. In other words, how you perceive things is darkness. How great is that darkness? Now, what, now look, at this, look at this verse closely. Because it's actually talking about people who believe they're seeing in the light, but it's actually dark. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness. Most Christians believe that they're walking in the light, but they're actually walking in darkness and calling darkness light. That's right. if, the, if therefore the light that is in you, of course the world is walking in darkness. But most Christians are actually walking in darkness. Otherwise, there'd be way more fruit. A tree is known by its fruit. Luke chapter six, verse 43. A tree is known by its fruit. They actually believe that darkness is light. We're gonna go deep into this. Don't worry, you're not gonna escape. I'm not gonna escape. This message is just as much for me as it is for anybody in this room. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore, if therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Matthew 6, 24. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. You're gonna have to choose a master. Look at me, look at me. This morning. Because I'm gonna call you to do it right now. You may not do it out loud, but you will do it either with your mouth or with your mind. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate one and love the other or hold the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon. So you have to choose. You have to choose your master and you only have two choices. Are you ready? Illumination or darkness. Now listen, people, what people will do is they will, they'll paint this with a broad brush. Well, I am saved. I agree, if you're legitimately saved, you're saved. But there's areas of darkness in your life. You can't, listen, you can't dispel darkness while holding on to darkness. Don't you understand? That is why when we saw all of this COVID stuff over the last 39 months and 15 days to flatten the curve, the reason why the church didn't rise up was they believed that darkness was light. Look how compliant we are. Darkness! They believed masking was light. 
Closing their churches and forsaking the assembling of themselves together was light. Go back, look at it again. Matthew 6, 23. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? The light that, that was in them was compliance. Was actually darkness. The love of most will grow cold. Matthew 24, 10 through 13. At that time, Christians will betray and hate each other. So you have two choices. Illumination, full visibility. That quiet right there. Or darkness, hindered or in lack of visibility. Those are your two choices. It's all about perception. For as he thinks in his heart, it's all about perception. Yes, God has the power, but you have to be, you have to be a vessel able to receive it. And making your vessel able to receive it is perception, how you see things. Let me go there. I'm going to try to do this. I don't know if I can pull this off or not. But is your perception darkness? Get this now. I don't know if you'll get it or not. This might just be my own convoluted mind. Is your perception about your perception darkness? Thinking you can see. Oh, yeah, I'm walking in the light. Are you sure that you're walking in the light? How do you tell whether or not you're walking in the light, whether you're walking in true, true transparency, whether you're walking in the spirit of God? How do you know? Fruit. A tree is known by its fruit. Again, Luke 6, 43. That's how you know. So you can, your perception can be darkness in and of itself. How you see things is wrong. Or you can be living in deception about your perception. You, how do you, now, how do, you, how do you undo this Rubik's Cube? How do you do it? It's not hard. You don't even need to figure it out. You just ask God. Lord, is my perception darkness? And is my perception about my perception deception? He'll tell you. The only question is, do you want to know? Again, it comes down to two choices. Do I want illumination? Do I really want to know? Lord, what kind of Christian am I? What kind of husband am I? What kind of wife am I? What kind of parent am I? What kind of giver am I? Do you really want to know? If you come to me and say, Tom, I want to know, what, how good of a giver am I? No problem. Oh, pull up the records. Illumination. <laughs> Choosing poorly is this. Isaiah 5, 20 and 21. Woe to those who call good evil and evil good, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. If the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? If you perceive that the light in you, that, that the, actually the darkness in you is light, that's the problem. Look at what it says, Isaiah 5, 20, 20 and 21. Who put darkness for light. It mirrors Matthew 6, 23. 
Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. And this is where we ended last week. If you want to live in the light, how do you do it? Now again, light means what? Exposure of everything. Not to everybody else, between you and Jesus. Do you want to know? There's two choices, illumination or darkness. Most Christians that I have known are more concerned about their portrait than reality. What do people think I am? Or even more importantly to them than that is what do I think that I am? I think I'm great. I think I'm powerful. No fruit of that anywhere, but I think I'm great. I'm really growing. There's no fruit of you growing, but you always have said for the last 37 years that you're growing. There's no fruit, but do you want to know whether you are or not? You choose it. Do I want full illumination, full transparency, or do I want the light stem just a smidgey? I will tell you, I have, a, I have plenty of faults and plenty of failures. This is not one of mine. I live in full illumination. I'm a master of apology. Sent my wife one this morning. I was gonna get with her before church and confess my sins. I was just mean last night, so I was gonna apologize for it, but I didn't get a chance. Sorry, babe, love you. <laughs> I got a case of the rear end about the dog again. I don't know what my problem is. <laughs> How I get so upset about a dog is beyond me. Yeah, you guys are my psychiatrists, so. <laughs> problem is, is that the dog and I are too close. <laughs> That's the problem. We're just far too close, spend too much time together, whatever it may be. Whenever I'm out in the garage and I'm doing my workout stuff, I, he refuses to go inside. Wherever I am, he has to be. So he will not go inside. If I try to put him inside, which I don't know why he wouldn't want to go inside, it's a thousand degrees. I, I work out in the garage. So it's like, it's hot. Anybody want, if it, the door's open. So I tie him. My dog kills everything. If you can't run 40 miles an hour, you're dead. He likes dogs and he likes people, that's it. Everything else, it's a death sentence unless you can throttle it up to 40. Well, the night, not last night, but the night before, I was out in the garage, I have him tied to a weight bench, to a bench press. Problem is, I was on it. 
doing shoulder presses and he tears off and yanks the thing out from underneath me. So I was already on edge about that. And then last night, he does the same thing again. I have it stacked full of, right now it's full of heavy boxes on top of this thing. And he goes and does it again. Now this time I'm on, anybody ever been on one of those inversion machines? You know, you're upside down. I'm upside down. <laughs> and he takes off and there's this great just clatter, I guess, hearkening back to Christmas carols. Arose such a clatter. And I hear this out in the yard. I'm like, what is happening? I just jerk up from the inversion. I'm upside down. Boom, right up. You're not supposed to do that. He pulls himself completely off the leash. He's out in the woods. So I got a big case of the rear end coming in. And then I took it out on hope. Oh, what really happened was, so we're having all this, we're having all this reconstruction done in our house. And we have these poles that are holding up this plastic. Okay, it's two o'clock in the morning. These are big poles and one comes down. Boom! And just startles the tar out of me. And I'm like, that's it! I've had it! Hurricane, dogs, houses falling apart. Where's hope? Let me take it out on you. <laughs> I've told you I have not arrived. I've just left. But you see, I live in full illumination. I don't blame hope. I don't blame the dog. I blame me. A lot of you blame everybody else but you. You don't live in illumination. You actually choose a dim light. A lot of you don't stand up to your wife. It's a dim light. You know that she's doing things you don't want to do, that you don't agree with, or vice versa, wife to husband, but you don't stand up to them. You know, my wife just wants to go, you know, to the Catholic church, and I think that we should come. Well, you should be here then. You're like, Tom, you sound like you've heard that. But yeah, I've heard that many times. Now, my wife just wants to go to the Baptist church, and I want, no, well, you know what? You go to where you're supposed to go. Lead. Lead. Husbands, lead. Stop being a pansy boy who's scared of a girl. You're welcome. I told you. See, I don't worry. I, I'm not worried about you leaving. I want you to stay. Does everybody hear me? I love you. I want you to stay. But somebody's got, somebody has to bring you the truth. Don't you want things to change? Don't you, even if you don't want things to diametrically change, don't you want things to get better? So you have to choose one of the two. Full illumination, because God, in God there is light and there is no darkness at all. First John chapter one, no darkness at all. I repeat, no darkness at all. There's no hiding. 
past, present, future, looks, thoughts, emotions are all blanket before the Lord. So which one do you want? You can hide if you want, but it's coming out of judgment anyway. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. All of us. 2 Corinthians 5.10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. We're all gonna do it. So do you wanna know? Do you wanna know everything there is to know about you? We got one yes over here, a few groans over here. You might as well know because that's how God's operating with you. Amen. To the extent that you know is, to, is the extent of your blessing. Amen. The extent of your revelation is the extent of your healing, of your prosperity, of your happiness, of your joy, is the extent of your revelation. Because you can't fix it unless you know. I want to know how much of a jerk I am. So I'm transparent before the Lord. The Lord tells me often, man, you're a jerk. You are. You're a jerk. You're very self-centered. Do you know that, Tom? Thank you, God. Thank you. Praise Jesus. A lot of you don't want to deal with it. All you want to hear, you want to go to a church or to a pastor or whatever else that just tells you how great you are all the time. You're not getting anywhere that way. What if you, what if, I mean, think about it. Why is that, why is that a rule inside the church? That everything you, everything that comes from the pulpit has to be how great you are. It's not anywhere else in life. What if you went into a gym to get thin and you're fat and they called you thin? Just keep doing what you're doing. You're great. You look great. You are thin. I'm 278 pounds. You look great. What kind of gym is that? James chapter one, verses five through eight. If you wanna know, ask him. Do you wanna know? Lord, I wanna know the truth about myself. Name the area. And it's not just the, I mean, I I emphasize the bad stuff, but it's not just the bad. I wanna know the truth about me, Lord. That I'm a joint heir. That I'm full of power. That anything I ask in Jesus' name will be done. John 14, 14. A chosen generation. I'm part of a royal priesthood, a holy nation. I want to know all that too. That that all comes in the package. I emphasize the negative because nobody else does. So if you want to know, James chapter 1, 5 through 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. You're unstable. This is written to the Christians in Jerusalem. Not to the lost. So he is calling Christians unstable in all their ways. I repeat, he is calling Christians unstable in all, all their ways. That's the deflection of the modern church, is everything negative in the Bible is not to the Christian. It was written to Christians. Who was reading this? The pagan church? Let's turn to the book of James. Of course, right then it was just a letter, James. 
This is written to the Christians. What does double-minded mean? It means you don't really believe. It means that you actually consider the cost. You weigh your options. Well, I'm gonna believe God, but if it doesn't work out, that's being double-minded. I know what God has called me to be as far as a husband, wife, pastor, whatever it may be, but if it doesn't quite go that way, here's my other options. I know my God supplies all my need, but in case he doesn't, which is unbelief, that's double-minded. It's, it's instability. You have to be all in or all out. Or let that man not suppose he'll receive anything from God. Written to the Christian. Do you want to know? If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives all that wisdom liberally and without reproaching it will be given to him. Now what does doubting mean? But let him ask in faith without doubting. So what we're talking about this morning is perception. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And again, your perception can be deception, and you could have deception about your perception. How do you fix all that confusing Rubik's Cube stuff? Ask God. Lord, is my perception darkness, and is there darkness about how I see? That's all you do. God will tell you. Yeah, Tom, you look at your life through rose-colored glasses. You think you're great, nobody else does. Well, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Question is, do you want to know? Because who wants their bubble popped? You've been walking around your whole life, man. Everything is great. But is it in the eyes of the one that matters? And I'm not talking right now saved or unsaved. If you're unsaved, you never see Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Things are not great no matter how much you think they're great. But right now I'm talking to the believer. Unless there's fruit that says that you're great, you're not great. And by the way, None of us are great anyway. I could spend an hour on that. I have a whole message series called, I've actually titled it already, It All Doesn't Matter. <laughs> what, what is, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. What is doubt? People, people like, you know, it's unbelief, whatever. It's too difficult to actually define. But what, what is doubt? Doubt is actually adding to the word or subtracting to the, from the word. That's what doubt is, adding or subtracting from the word. Well, I prayed and the person wasn't healed, but we all know there's a greater purpose in heaven and we don't know what that is. And you just add it to the word. That's doubt. The reason why the person wasn't healed was because of unbelief. Mark chapter 4, 37 through 21. Matthew chapter 17, 17 through 21. Matthew 21, 21 and 22. I can go on and on. If you aren't healed, if you aren't prospered, it's unbelief. See, that's part of perception right there too. Do you want to know the real reasons why things don't happen? Or do you want to add? Do you want the doubting reasons? what the modern church would call the loving reasons. Well, there's just lots of contributing factors about why things aren't going your way. No, there's not. It's all you. 
No, there's my past. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. So if you don't think, you don't, listen, if you don't agree with that, you need to get right with God, and he'll show you to agree with it. That was all Philippians 3, 13, 14, 15, and 16. So ask him. But when the, when the word comes, because the Holy Spirit, John chapter 16, verse 13, deals in the word. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. So when he tells you, when you ask for it, don't make excuses. That's adding to the word. Don't subtract from the word. Adding and subtracting. If you ever wanted to define unbelief or doubt, it's adding to the word or subtracting from the word. And all these, you know, prosperity Christians, I never get any of that money. You don't give. I, I tithe, but you don't even look at tithe correctly. It's all about perception. What, what is tithe for you? Look at me. What is tithe for you? It's covenant seed. I don't ever give and not expect back. You do. You're more Catholic than you are charismatic or Pentecostal. You just give because it's a religious thing to do. I give in expectation. Well, that's awfully self-centered. Well, that's the Bible, so I guess the Bible is self-centered. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. I expect a harvest. Since Megalus is here, again, I'll tell you this, like I've told you a bunch of times. This church, I mean, what is it, July? So three and a half years ago, this church was 150 people with $27,000 in the bank. When I got the right idea about giving, you're like, Tom, that was, you were, you were 50 years old. Yeah, I know. Don't waste your life like I have. You don't have to get all somber about it. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> Better is one day in his courts than a thousand elsewhere. Psalm 84:10. I wasted years and years and years of ministry until I got under the right ones. If I would have been doing things right, God would have brought them into my life before. But I was too busy being hard-hearted. Very busy. Very busy. Listen, you're... <laughs> I was very on and about being hard-hearted and bitter. But one, listen, once I learned, God opened up the door. I said, you know what? I need to tithe to the River Church and Revival today. Tithe. I didn't even have anything to tithe. 40% of the church had left for COVID. We were running. I mean, so I'm like, woo. You're, I told, I remember I, walked, I was walking out from the stand, walking next to Jonathan. And I said, Jonathan, we're gonna start to tithe to revival today in the River Church. Things took off like a rocket, like a rocket. We had nothing. We're not exactly swimming in it now because we're paying for all the redos on the building because our insurance company's demonic. <laughs> I said that, if you're watching, insurance company, yes, you. 
Don't worry, we're coming. Adding or subtracting from the word is doubt. You, you, don't, you don't get to make the word palatable for you. It is what it is. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. Done. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Done. Don't add or subtract. He took up their infirmities and carried their diseases. Done. Whatever you sow, you reap. Done. Don't add. Don't subtract. Well, everything happens for a reason. Ah! I wrote a little list here. You know, in our church, we're grace conscious and not sin conscious. Ah! There's lots of people that shouldn't be grace conscious. They should be sin conscious, and you're telling them not to be. And they'll go to hell because of it. It takes a village. Ah! Takes a village to raise a child. No, it's not the Bible. It takes a mother and a father to raise a child. God can, but I don't know if he will. What does God say that he'll do in his word? He's a God of his word. He'll do it. Whatever you lay your hands to, he will prosper. Psalm chapter one, verse three. He'll do it. Took up their infirmities, carried their diseases. It's done. You're healed. You tithe, he'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. You will not allow him to destroy the fruit of your ground. And you'll receive such a blessing, your barns won't be big enough to hold it. Well, we don't really believe in tithing. You don't read the Bible. Tom's always looking for an offering. Well, I don't take an offering. Eddie, wave your hands back there. There's the offering right there. See that box? That's it. That's all that's happening. There's our model, Eddie, right there. Right there. That's it. Don't worry, I'm gonna, I'm, Tom's going to talk about offering now, and all of a sudden this music's going to come on, and a bunch of guys with baskets are going to come on. I'm not. I just, I just happened to notice that lots of people struggle with money. And I'm like, yeah, there's no need to, because if you were to simply give away 10% to the Lord under the right perception, your barns will be filled to overflowing. It's always happened to me. So you don't add or you don't, and you don't subtract. Who are we to add and subtract anyway? You ever read Revelation 22, 18, and 19? No, well, I'm going to read it for you. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of this prophecy, of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. If, any, if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. If you're wondering why you have Matthew 24, 10 through 13, the end times falling away, at that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. It's because of Revelation 22, 18, 22, 19. If anyone takes away from the words of this book or adds to the words of this book, God shall take away his part from the book of life. Why are churches emptying everywhere? 
In little churches like ours, that seems weird with this crowd here, but three and a half years ago, we had 130 people, total, counting kids. But everybody else turned away from the word of God. They added to the word of God. There's a disease out there, so we're gonna lock down. Is that what the Bible says about it? He took up your infirmities and carried your diseases. You don't close your church. So a lot of them are closed permanently. In churches, they used to have 1,500, 2,000 people. Now have 100. Lucky they've already paid their buildings off, so they still have all these huge buildings with nobody in them. Until I come along and take it from you. Tom, that's mean. It's not mean. It's you choosing to defy the word of God. You don't add. You're not the Holy Ghost. You don't subtract. You don't edit the word of God. He took up our infirmities and he carried our diseases, right? Psalm 103, he did that. You don't need to add. You don't need to subtract. You need to stand in it. Believe for it. Well, it's risky to believe. Well, what are you really risking? Say you have stage four cancer. And you say, God will heal me. What, are you worried about, well, once you're dead, they're all gonna make fun of you? Well, he really believed it didn't work out for him. Well, who cares? You're dead. Make a bold proclamation. I am healed. I am free. Who cares what anybody else thinks? Why are you a respecter of man when God isn't? There's no respect of persons with God. Romans 2.11. None. Zero. Amen. You don't add, you don't subtract. You just do. Deuteronomy 4.2. You shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. What does the word say about money? Do it. What's it say about healing? Do it. Well, what if it doesn't work out? That's not the word. What if it doesn't work out is not the Bible. You do it. Proverbs 30, verse six. Add thou not to his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. We don't add to the word. We don't subtract from the word, period. It is, the word is Jesus. John chapter one, verse one. John chapter one, verse 14. First John chapter five, verse seven. Jesus is the word. Don't shave his beard. He's the word, period. Now I wrote a list, you know how much I love lists. So I wrote a little list here. About 13 minutes to go. Everybody good? This is short church. We go about two hours and 20 minutes, two hours and 30 minutes, max. I think it's, is it next week? I think next week, week after, week after next. We'll be at the river. I can't remember what conference it is, but what is it? Fire conference. We'll be there. Four hour minimum. Really, five hour minimum. 
<laughs> you don't even notice because the Holy Ghost is there. Time has no meaning. When it's an omnipresent, omnipotent God, the really, time really doesn't have a meaning. But these virtues, that really there are additions to the word, are now considered to be virtues inside of the body of Christ. Acceptance. Acceptance of what? Compliance. Cooper- I'm going to go over each one. Compliance, cooperation, accom- accommodation, and even contradicting God's word is considered to be an attribute, but it's actually additions to the word of God. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. You don't accept anything else at all, period. It is not gracious to accept something that's contrary to the word of God. If any man preach any other gospel than that ye have received, let him be accursed. Compliance is considered to be an attribute. You know, I'm gonna go over acceptance more because acceptance is so big. You know, we've just learned to accept everybody. Everybody's welcome, but their behavior is not. If you're gay in here, you're gonna find out that it's sin. If you're fornicating in here, you're gonna find out that it's sin. You're welcome in the building. Your behavior is not. But acceptance is considered to be an attribute. Now, why do I have a problem with this? Because it goes back to Revelation 22, 18 and 19. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of the book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. Why are all the churches closing? Because they've made acceptance an attribute. It is not. The word of God is it. You know, we just accept everybody. That's not a Bible verse. Throw it out of your church. Never preach it again. And if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. What does that mean? If they're adding to it or subtracting from it, look at what Revelation 22, 18 and 19 says. The plagues will be added to that person and they will lose their part in the book of life. These virtues are now considered to be Christian, but they're demonic. I want you to find the word acceptance in the Bible. Because he is as narrow as the way, and few find it, God. So I want you to find the word acceptance. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Matthew 7, 13 and 14. That is not an accepting God unless you come through his narrow way. Then he'll accept everybody. But you don't get to choose your way. There's one way. But now, in the modern, even Pentecostal, charismatic evangelical churches, you watch. The first thing to turn will be gay, transgender. It already is. Acceptance. You can't accept, you cannot tell somebody who's sinning they're not. 
cannot tell somebody who's hellbound they're not. I don't care whether it's heterosexual sin or homosexual sin or any sin. You don't repent of it, you're going straight to hell. That's a fact. But acceptance is now considered to be an attribute. They're not virtues, they're lies. Our acceptance is everybody's welcome to be in the building. Nobody's gonna kick you out. I don't care what you look like, smell like, or anything else. You're welcome, but you're gonna hear the truth. Another, another word or concept that people think is Christ-like, but it's actually deception. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We are to comply to the word of God, not comply to the world. Compliance to the world is now considered to be an attribute. You know, we all just need to do our part, 15 days to flatten the curve. 15 days, that turned into three years. As if you give Satan an inch, he won't take a mile. He'll take a country. Compliance is not an attribute. It is not a virtue unless it's compliance to the word of God and to the voice of the Holy Ghost. Cooperation. With who? These virtues are now considered, these quote unquote virtues, are now considered to be Christian. Cooperation with who? Who are you yoked together with, 2 Corinthians 6, 14? Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do wicked, righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Cooperation's fine if it's between husband and wife or, or Christian and Christian, church and church. That's fine and when you have a commonality of beliefs and purpose. And that commonality, not just any commonality of belief, beliefs and purpose, but the commonality of belief and purpose is the Bible. Then cooperation's perfectly fine. But you cannot be yoked together with an unbeliever. Well, we're just letting the government tell us what to do. No. Tom, but you're supposed to obey the ruling authorities of the world if they don't violate the word of God. The word of God trumps that. I'm fine with not speeding. Although every year I have a tendency to get very close to getting in a physical confrontation. My son confronted me on that the other day. Talking about my hypocrisy. And Lightly House is very open. He goes, Dad, do you realize how many times you've nearly gotten in a fight in the last two years? I'm like, no, I don't remember. He goes, one of them was at his fight in Venice. <laughs> I only did it because I had Tommy standing next to me. Otherwise, I never would have challenged the guy. <laughs> Tommy and his striking coach, Marcus, who's... 270 pounds of muscle. <laughs> but cooperation is not an attribute. You don't, you don't yoke yourself together with unbelievers. Mask, vax, 
Homosexuality is fine. Acceptance of all, no. You don't yoke yourself together with an unbeliever. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? That's all 2 Corinthians 6.14. Another quote-unquote virtue that is actually a detriment, an attribute, quote-unquote attribute that's actually a detriment, is accommodation. Well, you know, we just want to make everybody feel welcome. No, I don't want you to feel welcome. I want you to feel welcome in the building, but I don't want you to believe you're a Christian when you're not. I want you to feel conviction, not welcome. If you're not right with God this morning, I want you to get right with God. <laughs> I love you, brother. Awesome front row person right there, Ryan. Awesome front row person. Salvation is found in no one else, Acts 4.12. Salvation is found in no one else but Jesus. I'm not telling you you're saved when you're not. If you've never been born again, if you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ in repentance, turned from your sin, and you have to cover a myriad of things today because of the weakness of altar calls now. Everyone just bow your heads and close your eyes. Um, You know, we're going to have a fresh start and a new beginning. Who wants a fresh start and a new beginning? I'll have a fresh start. I'm living with my girlfriend, but you know what? Hey, I mean, we're fornicating ourselves right to hell, but I'll have a fresh start. That's accommodation. You're sending people out believing that they're saved. They're going straight to hell, which, by the way, goes back to Revelation 22, 18, and 19. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. If anyone takes away from these things, God shall take away his part from the book of life. What about the pastors that are telling people they're saved when they're not? We just want everyone to feel welcome. They, got a, they have an evangelical church with a gay choir director. Why, Tom? You're always picking on the homosexuals. Oh, I've equally picked on fornicators and homosexuals. Listen, if I, listen, just to be, my, what drives my wife crazy when I talk like this? If I hadn't repented of my own sexual sins, I'd go straight to hell too. I'm not saying I'm above you. I'm saying I'm forgiven and you're not. I've received the mercy of God, not my righteousness. These virtues are considered to be Christian, but they're not. Here's the list again. Acceptance, compliance, cooperation, accommodation. We're just accommodating everybody. No, salvation is found in nowhere else. There's no other name under heaven given to men by which they must be saved, Acts 4.12. I don't cooperate with the world. I don't comply with the world. I don't accept the world. Jesus said, John chapter 12, verse 48, he who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges them. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. That's where we stand. Amen. Oh, it's already 1210. 
I have two parts that I could close with. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. <laughs> I'm not even bold. No, we can't do we can't do bold. I'll close with this. I don't know how long the closing's gonna be. You have to go to the right church. Now, someone just said they're hard to find. Those of you that are watching, we average between, what do we average between watching there? 300 people are watching live right now. I would never have said this three years ago, speaking of threes. But some people just need to go ahead and watch a church because there's nothing else to go to. And you're better, else not, you're better off not being corrupted. Otherwise, move to Northport, move to Tampa, move to Pittsburgh. It really is that important. I didn't even believe it. I, I was contemplating this the other day because I've never been a fan of like satellite churches and that stuff. You know, the way that Pastor Rodney does it is he starts river churches and has the pastors there and everything else. I he has the means to do that. But right, you know, right now, I almost would believe in satellite churches. Because there's nothing else out there. You have to go to the right church. Even if you don't like the tone. Which is probably a stronghold in and of itself that you're judging tone. You have to go to the right, the right church or the strongholds are gonna stay in your life. They're gonna stay right there. You have to go to a church that addresses your stronghold in your life. You have to. The big delusion is not much different, listen to this, than an individual delusion. 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 through 12. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie and that they will, and, not, they, not and, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. And churches, yes, churches are lining up to deceive. I'll read you this verse again. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10. With all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they may be saved. You have to love the truth to be saved. If you're not saved, you have to love the fact I'm not saved, what am I gonna do about it? If you're a lousy husband, what's the first step you take? Acknowledge and say it out loud to your spouse, I am a lousy husband. That's the path of salvation is loving the truth. You just love it. Churches, and I mean yes, churches, 
are lining up to deceive. 1 John chapter 2, 24 through 26. As for you, see that what you, have, what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, even eternal life. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. Shift over to Jude, verse 4. For certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. So many churches are preaching. It doesn't matter how you live. It's just a matter of have you received the grace of God. Receiving the grace of God is how you live. You cannot differentiate between the two. Believing is how you live. If you have not repented, you have not believed. Well, I believe I just didn't turn from my sin. You didn't believe. Prove it, Tom. Here it is. There's where I'll close. It's all about the church you attend. I know people are scared to death of this church. People, you should, I can see all the faces, you can't. Only faces I can't see are the first four rows. Everybody else, I've been looking at you the whole time. You should see the myriad of expressions right now. Hatred, <laughs> laughter, love, scared. We're not gonna do anything to you. It's all about the church you attend. Here's where I'll close. We'll close in 2 Peter chapter 2 going through 22. It puts it all together. It's about the church you attend, end times falling away, everything. 2 Peter 2.15. They have left the straight way and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, son of Beor, who loved the wages of wickedness. Now, but he was rebuked for his iniquity. Who was rebuked? Balaam. A dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest for who is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. What is this talking about? False prophets, false churches that never tell you to turn from your sin. They just want you to be part of the club. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh. They never tell anybody to turn from their sin. They never tell anybody to stand in faith for healing. It's too risky. What if they aren't healed? That's not a Bible verse. What if they aren't healed is not a Bible verse. What if they aren't, prosper, what if they aren't prospered is not a Bible verse. You don't preach it. But what if it doesn't happen? I don't concern myself with it. If it doesn't happen, I already have the answer. It's unbelief. 
I'm like, where do you get that from? Matthew chapter 17, Mark chapter 4, and numerous other locations. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they've all, a lot of these churches were destroyed by COVID. They allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. These churches, people are actually saved outside of the church and they can get converted into Satan's temple inside of an evangelical church. They get saved here, and it's for all of you watching. I don't know how many people are on roughly, Aaron, do you know? 300 plus watching right now. For those of you that are watching and for those of you that are here, they get saved legitimately here. That's why I'm starting to believe in satellite churches. There's nothing else out there. If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and are again entangled in and overcome, they're worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then to turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of them, the Proverbs are true. A dog returns to his vomit and a sow that is washed returns to her wallowing in the mud. I almost just tell them, watch. I'd rather you watch this church than attend a swine church. I'd rather you watch it. What do we believe here? What do we believe here? I am the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus is the only way. That's what we believe here. We believe Jesus wants you well. Jesus wants you prospered. Jesus wants you to win. That's all Bible verses. That's what we believe. But they get corrupted by liars. Probably scaring the tar out of my right-hand man, Aaron, over here. But, but I'm like, no, I'm just, because it'll all be dumped on him. Hey, Aaron, I need you to do this. Hey, Aaron, I need you to do that. But I don't dump it on him, then I dump it on Heather, and I dump it on Hope. I never do nothing. I yell and scream, that's all I do. That's my job. Yeah, a couple of those. Those are my gifts. But I, I, here, there you go. I'm done. But I just run into so many people. We have people that travel here. And I, I know my leadership, my pastor, is Rodney Howard Brown. My evangelist, who's now also a pastor, is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. But that's Pittsburgh, Tampa, and here. We're actually close here. But between Northport, Tampa, and Pittsburgh, what is there? There are some other people. I like Greg Locke. I like, he stood up, he stayed open, he preaches the gospel. And there's others, and don't, don't come up to me afterwards with a litany of names. Please don't. I'm not trying to leave anybody out. I love Arthur Pulaski. We had him here. Love him. He stood. He stands to this day. And there's others. There are others. Some of them, though, are <laughs> trying to be nice because I don't know whether they repented or not. But a lot of them, I don't say a lot of them, some of them, certain percentage of them that only God knows, 
are con artists because they caved during the whole COVID thing and now they act like they didn't. See, for me, whatever I did that was wrong, do you know what I do? I confess it. I blew it. I had a pastor friend of mine who came up to me, well, didn't come up to me, we were eating lunch together. And he was like, and he is somewhat of a mentor to me. And he was like, you know, I blew it, I closed. I said, well, how long did you close for COVID? He said, for two weeks. I said, did you tell everybody you were wrong? He goes, yeah, I was wrong, I blew it, and I told everybody. I said, you're good. So you're good, you're good. Now you have a confession that I don't have. My confession is basically, go pound sand. (laughs) Go grab your own ankles. His, his is, I blew it, and I got it right in two weeks. That will work. Amen. Pretending doesn't work at all. Worship team, make your way. I better shut up. It's 12, 23. <laughs> this is a short service for some of you. Long service for others. I'm, I'm, ga- I'm, I'm gauging the crowd. Long service. <laughs> Short service, more or less. I wish I was dead. I'd rather be dead than in this room. I'll never step foot in this building again. (laughs) Just know that you are loved. You may not like the tone, but you're loved. I knew my dad loved me when he paddled my rear end. I got paddled more than once. I know it's hard to believe. How angelic I am. <laughs> so if you got a paddle in this morning, just know that it's in love. Amen. Know that the, the man that's standing before you is in process. I hate to say this, and I get warned not to say it, but I fail a lot. I have not arrived. I just live in transparency. That's it. I don't know what else I have. My wife can tell you. Go up and ask her right here in the green jacket. Ask her. She can tell you what my virtues are, what my detriments are, whatever it may be. But I live in transparency. I just deal with, when when I fail, I just say, I don't don't do, I don't play the Christian games. You know, God was just opening up, you know, closing a door so he can open a window. (laughs) I blew it, door shut, window shut, and the house burned to the ground. (laughs) <laughs> all right it's twelve i'm going to try to have everybody out of this building in the next 10 minutes are you good every head bowed every eye closed if you need to get right with god this morning now is your time right here at this morning i may change this in the future i'm not making guarantees but this morning i'm not going to make you get up i'm not going to make you do anything but raise your hand that's it If you need to get right with God this morning, if you are a Christian, but you have backslidden, what does backslidden mean? Backslidden does not mean that you're missing prayer times. Backslidden does not mean you have a bad attitude. Backslidden means that you have slipped into a lifestyle of sin. Not that you have a bad attitude. Yes, those things will lead you to sin. If you're a backslidden Christian, that means you are living a lifestyle of sin. So I'm talking to you this morning. And I'm talking to those who have never been saved. 
Or maybe those who have pretended that you were saved. Maybe mom and dad think that you're saved, but you know that you're not. Maybe everybody around you thinks you're saved, but you know you're not. You know that you're still living in sin. Sin is the line of demarcation. Has it been repented of? Is it still going on? Do you struggle with it or have you conceded to it? Well, we don't like to emphasize sin in the church. That's not the Bible. We emphasize sin in this church because that's why Jesus was nailed to a cross. He was whipped for healing, nailed to a cross for sin. By his stripes you were healed, nailed to a cross for your forgiveness. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, whether maybe you're somebody who has been right with God in the past, but you've fallen away. Well, I've heard Tom once saved, always saved. That's not the Bible. That's not the word of God. Understand that. It's in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, in numerous other locations. That's not the Bible. Eternal, eternal security is not the Bible. That's a religious doctrine. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you need to get right with God this morning, Tom, are you looking? Yes, I'm looking and I'm the only one. And the man that's holding you to account this morning is a sinner saved by grace. I'm no longer a sinner, but I was once a sinner, once bound to sin, but no longer. So if that's you and you need to get your life right with God this morning, now is your time, right at this very moment. Nobody's looking but me. I'm your accountability. I'm not gonna make you stand up. I'm not gonna bring you to the front, nothing. I'm gonna make you pray a prayer with everybody else. That's it, that's it. So you can relax. If you need to get your life right with God this morning, right where you're at, stretch your hand high into the air, right where you're at, got you. I'm gonna move from my left to right, got you to my left, got you. Got to my center left, got you to center right got you to my right. Those of you that lifted your hands, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. You pray it though. Don't, don't repeat the prayer. Pray it directly to Jesus. I'm going to lead you in it, but you pray it directly to Jesus. The entire church is going to pray this out loud with you. Here we go. Every, when you pray it, let me say this. When you pray it, your sins are gone and you are right with God. The prayer of repentance. Everybody, pray this prayer out loud. Lord Jesus, I come to you right now and I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins. And I now turn from them and I give you my life in repentance from this day on. In Jesus' name, church shouts. Amen.